My husband has been invited to a 40th birthday party. Guys only, and I know there will be topless bikini model ladies that have been hired to be at the party. Apparently, I'm the only wife that would be against this, according to him. Do others feel unnerved by events like this? How can I tell a grown man that I don't want him to go? Hello, and welcome to the Parenthood Pod. I'm your host, Leonia Kidanov, and every week I will bring you conversations that aim to smash the stigma on struggles we face as parents. This segment is The Vault, where we ask you, our community, what is keeping you up at night? Your messages remain anonymous. They stay in the vault. To submit your confession, click on the link in the show notes. Hi, Phil. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. So thrilled to have you on. Um, We've actually got quite a juicy topic today for you. So uh, uh, for those listening, Phil Walker is a counsellor, a coach, a family therapist. He's been practising since 2008 and actually has his own business, New Beginnings Therapy. So uh, very qualified, I think, to give us a little bit of insight um, in on this particular topic, uh, what I'll do firstly is let's play the confession that we received from this call-up. Yeah, sure. Hi, Leonie. Thanks for having me on. My confession is this. My husband has been invited to a 40th birthday party. Guys only, and I know there will be topless bikini model ladies that have been hired to be at the party. Apparently, I'm the only wife that would be against this, according to him. Do others feel unnerved by events like this? How can I tell a grown man that I don't want him to go? Okay, Phil. So look, I think this one's a really interesting topic because I think a lot of people could relate to the feeling of, you know, how, what are my boundaries when it comes to my partner, you know, doing certain things, i.e. attending a strip club or having topless women or men around them? Like, what are our boundaries? And you would see this a lot in the work that you do too. Talk to me about why do you think people's boundaries differ? I mean, here this particular um, woman is not feeling comfortable about a situation, but she even mentioned, I know a lot of people wouldn't even care. Why do they differ? Well, just for me, I mean, boundaries, I mean, first of all, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's just a massive word in therapy. It always comes up, more or less. Um, And and I think Mm. in this case, I think it's always important, really just respect, I say, someone's archaeology. Um, and And I mean in that, like, everyone has their own their own past, their own their own beliefs, and and I guess what what's striking for me about this is, you know, I, I would if I was working with someone bringing this, I would remove any sense of potential wrongness. I, you know, I would move away any kind of oh well, they think it's okay, so this is this is nothing, etc. The the point is this um, lady is is triggered is triggered by this, and that has you know that's worthy of of, of respect. And I'm curious, I I would say. Um, when I work with um, either either couples or or individuals, I always say it's a bit of a dance between um, digging into yourself. Okay, that's that that's one thing, and then from that, then the the communication with your partner in a, in an adult way. And I'd be if I was speaking to say, I'd, I'd be curious about okay, well, it, it triggers her. It doesn't trigger other people. What what it, what is her story there? And I, and I think it could be just something about beliefs, like maybe just. You know, she thinks she just really doesn't think this is okay, and that's a real a real no for her. Or it could be, hey, maybe there's you know some sort of past of actually like a, a cheating or something bad she's experienced, and maybe underneath that there could be a realization, hey, this isn't such a big thing, but this just triggered me, so therefore this is okay. 
Uh, but I think, um, again, it's, it's, I would never give um, just an advice of a direction. I think there's a real world to explore about what this means to her. And, and then for that to somehow be processed through and then some communication with the partner about where she actually really stands on this on this issue. Mm. Yeah, and I think you bring a valid point. I mean, there's so many, we don't know about this person's background. and But just if, if we were to generalise, because as we said, this could be quite common for many people. I mean, a lot of people have been hurt in mm. relationships and, you know, they've undergone extreme hardship because of, you know, mistrust and things like that. And even though they may be with a partner that they do fully trust, mm. uh, you know, those insecurities can creep up in events like this, sure, you know, sure. there's women around, how do I feel about that around my husband? Uh, the other side of the coin, as you sort of mentioned, is, well, oh, well, you didn't mention this, which I was sort of thinking about, is there is it not that they've ha- had mistrust in their past, but do they fully trust their partner? Mm. Do you see that? Like, do you see, I've never been cheated yeah. on, but I do feel insecure with women or men around my partner. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I believe uh, just from being in a relationship and what I, when I when I work with couples, yeah, I mean, trust is is the glue of, of a relationship. So, hey, maybe that. I mean, I yeah, going just going it from, from that angle. I mean, that's just an issue in the relationship of 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 trust, and maybe therefore that's yeah, a conversation of, of just you know, I guess I guess where they're at and. Do they actually trust each other? Can this person be trusted to, well, I don't know, I mean, I guess just be appropriate or is, is there just a, yeah, a deeper level of trust issue in the relationship to bring? So that could be, yeah, a fair thing to bring up too. So if someone was to come to you and they were being really honest and they were saying, well, look, I don't, I don't know where this comes from, but I do have a little bit of an underlying feeling of mistrust within my relationship. Yeah. What are some things that they could be thinking about doing to build that trust? Well, I think a thing um, we often um, get to is a practice of ultimately getting to vulnerability. I recommend there's a a very well-watched TED Talk um, by a lady, Brene Brown, on vulnerability. It's lovely. Um, Yeah, you're obviously familiar. Um, But but I think my my coaching teacher used to teach that a practice of actually getting to that point is just a disciplined practice of just honesty. Okay, Because vulnerability can sometimes sound... Well, it is scary by default, but this step too far. But just like this day-to-day, just this, in terms of the the base um, relationship with a partner, what one clinical psychologist had this idea I really like was that in a relationship, like the idea of a minimum of 90 minutes per week of just talking, like what whatever that is, you know, maybe it's just about the weather or a day, but the idea like in, in that, some the important stuff will come up in that time. And also that's cemented with having at least, well, ideally two, but at least one, one date a week. So I would think again, for stuff like this, yeah, trust, well, hey, that's a real foundational thing. So this should be kind of coming up, like when, you know, they get back from work or whatever, and something's happening, for that to pop up and possibly even go into a, a deeper vulnerable conversation, like, oh, you know that, that event coming up, like it's really, I, I'm feeling a bit uneasy about it, you know, because of just where we're at and and maybe, hey, some sort of history could come in or just where the relationship is. And for this then to become well, just an adult-to-adult conversation about what this all means to them in their relationship. Yeah, I think it's a valid point, isn't it? I mean, there's two ways to go at this and this particular call is like, so how do I tell a grown man that I don't want him Mm. to go, I don't feel comfortable? I think perhaps, you know, a way to think about it is, as you said, opening an open opening up a conversation with your partner and saying, look, this is coming up. 
I do feel a little insecure and these are the reasons why, because I was cheated on in the past or because of this or that. It just doesn't, you know, or because that one time when I felt jealous and I saw, you know, you at a bar talking to a girl and I know it was innocent, but it triggered my insecurities. And so since then, I've felt really vulnerable to similar situations that could crop up in the future. So really kind of explaining rather than, because no adult wants to be told you can't do X, Y, Z. You know, we're all our own people. But as you said, like coming at it at that more vulnerable lens so that you're explaining to the other person where you're coming mm. from and perhaps you'll get more compassion from that other person in their response. Oh, oh for sure. Yeah. I mean, that what you said sounded quite, you know, like a, a textbook, like adult conversation. We say mm-hmm. then, um, mm. they call it transaction. The adult is based on, uh, yeah, trying to be, um, we're being like assertive, we're being honest, time appropriate and expressing our wants and needs. Because that thing, if we just say, oh, I don't want you to go or you're like no one likes being spoken to like that and that's what we would say is actually a level of disempowered communication it's more coming to something like mm. a dominated parent and underneath there's a child like that person's a bit scared to say the example you gave like the, the truth and, and i think through mm. that too you touched on something uh important there like when you can just actually because we're just human everyone has different insecurities that that can become a thing whereas some person can actually then then um, branch out like sometimes when i've worked with couples for example we've worked with thing whereas someone actually has let's say a level of trauma or like an abandonment issue we know it's not something i've worked with couples really in love but one of them's got this and they know that the other person isn't meaning to do this they they want to be super supportive and that's a thing whereas we would uh like tweak something like I did it in a communication whereas uh, we had an agreement like when um, a couple had an argument the person would say look I do really love you I don't I'm not I don't want to leave you it's just this and this is going on and maybe in this kind of thing it could be like maybe I guess the way you were speaking that maybe knowing at the deepest level this isn't really a thing but there's been some passive things this is actually just making you feel like a bit insecure I'm so I acknowledge I'm like edgy and then the person can be in face of well, I guess it would be their conversation about what comes up for them, but it could be a, then a compromise of okay, well, all right, I just I just won't go if it's going to really upset you, and you know it's not it's not such a, a big thing. So I understand why you're you're triggered, and yeah, we can get that some sort of uh, investment compromise, I guess. Mm, well, that's the thing, and I think compromise is a big you know this is a big part of it because I mean a lot of people would be like, well, I'm sorry, mate, this is my best mate birthday or whatever. And if he wants to celebrate the way he wants to celebrate it, then I'm going to not just not go. And I think perhaps, you know, if we're thinking about the compromise, like, could it be things like, oh, well, would it be helpful if I checked in, you know, every kind of couple of hours, uh, sent a text, gave you a little bit of an update. Hey, going well, we're just, you know, we're doing, we're off, you know, we've come off the boat and we're going to so-and-so's house for a bit of an after party. Can't wait. Should be, you know, and then a few hours like, yep, at so-and-so's house, like having a great time. And so that person at home isn't feeling like, oh, I've been completely missed and who knows what my partner's doing. You know, I find as well in my relationship, that contact when my partner is out really makes a big difference for me. Um, Not that there's any, I don't, I mean, I guess I'm pretty fortunate. I don't have a huge level of insecurity in, in my relationship when it comes to this sort of stuff. But certainly I get jealous that you know, my partner gets to go out and have a drink with his friends and I'm staying home with the kiddos. Like, you know, it's so it's nice to feel like you're not alone and, and th- those check-ins I think can help. I mean, do you see this in the work that you do and anything else that you might be able to recommend? Oh, yeah, well, I think that, I mean, 
just that check-in, that could be the place to get to. I and mean, we always talk about um, there's this idea of building relationships like that, like an H. And I always think this like, well, if there's two adults on each side, okay, it's a bit idealistic, but we play with this idea, you know, where you're being assertive, you're being honest, time appropriate. And I think that bridge gets about things I was thinking made of, you know, trust and, and empathy. And this like maybe in something like this, that's a little bit of volatility there. Yeah, maybe this compromise of extra a check-in maybe. There, there was an idea and my um, one of my coaching teachers, um, Annie Lala, she had this idea as well. She she almost did a bit of a word switch on the the, the compromise idea because that that we, we do commonly say that and she said um in in relationships think of it like like their, their investments you do so so in something um something like this we could say okay maybe this guy is just a, a single dude he's obviously just maybe he's just going to go to this and not not really care because it's just he's his mates of course of course he goes but but this then if, if it's something hypothetically it's upsetting his partner there could be a thing well yeah obviously if he's single he'd just do his own thing but here He's witnessing his partner's distress and he knows that, yeah, he's, if he was singly, do something different. But in this, there's a thing, yeah, doing this thing like the reaching out, that's, well, that's his investment because he sees in the relationship, like, well, look at where they're heading. They, you know, they want to maybe have children. They want to get this house and do these things. So doing those things is like for him, it's like making him and his partner there, you know, he becomes more than just the individual. They become more than the some of their parts, so to speak. And she said, that's the idea of moving towards uh, just like a true love type of relationship. We're not just, you know, selling ourselves out. That's the flip side, like being codependent and we just do what someone else wants, but we're seeing like an investment because yeah. we're growing something bigger. Mm, absolutely. And I wonder like your thoughts, because I, I so call in like this, I feel would potentially be a little bit more common for the females, um, whether or not you're in a same-sex marriage or, you know, with has a, have a husband or whatever the dynamic of your relationship looks like. From what I can tell, females having a little bit more, I'm generalizing here, but potentially more would take issue a little bit more to hubby going to a topless waiter event or a strip club or something like that versus male. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just, and I wonder, you know, what, like it is a bit different. Like, I mean, I've been, I was in Vegas. I went to like this kind of magic mic style, you know, like event and that was fun. But like, I remember my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband was like, oh, that's cute. Off you go, you know, yeah. watch the magic mic boys do their thing, you know, but with the girl, with the, you know, the strip clubs for, for men or with, with women um, at them, it, you know, performing, it, kind of has this undertone of a bit more seedy, yeah. you know, and therefore women tend or, you know, partners tend to feel a bit more insecure about them. I mean, again, I'm generalising, but do you see that in your work as well, that it is a little bit different for the men versus I mean, the yeah, women? Yeah, I can see that. I understand. I mean, we can say a level of, a level of generalising, but we can say this partly, well, there's always a biological and just a social sort of conditioning. I could, yeah, I can see that mm. where it, you know, I mean, maybe it could just be our, our perception, but like we could we could say in like I guess gender stereotypes, there is that thing of yeah, like a men this more active animosity you know, pursuing of women. So you could say it could by by default go a bit hand in hand to to be like that. So I can yeah, I can mm -hmm. see. What, but but I have I have definitely witnessed both. Um, I, I I've seen one more in. Um, this was more, I guess, um, well, I guess it was personal, but again, beliefs like quite a, a more spiritual stroke, religious content of like um, of a, a lady and they were, um, I think they were, they were getting married, but but it was some event involving 
um, strippers and stuff. But just for the guy, I, 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 I'm assuming uh, there was there was feed into like again, yeah, just religious and spiritual connotations. Like had quite a problem with this. Whereas I think maybe other guys maybe just like myself, I don't maybe just find it a bit funny and wouldn't be wouldn't be so yeah. so so i have seen the, the the flip side but i can i can mm-hmm. see how there could be that um yeah that more relationship and more of a problem to pop up the other way more a bit more typically i could imagine yeah i mean it's yeah it's so interesting isn't it and then you got to think about the people that will know that their their partner's very opposed to something you know let's call it uh, even even if it's not strip clubs, it could just be their partner would rather they didn't, you know, drink excessively and stay out till three o'clock in the morning. But then there are the partners that know know that and then they'll still go out and drink excessively and stay out till three o'clock. And they will push the boundaries within the relationship. And I've seen this with friends as well. And friends are like, well, I set those boundaries and we agreed. Like, you go off and do that, but we need you home by X number of, um, X time because that's, you know, that that means that we're not going to be wrecked the next day because we've got things on and bloody blah. And I've seen that guys and girls saying to each other, you know, as a family or, you know, in your relationship, you like to sort of, you know, set some expectations. So, you know, but people will still go off and do co- the complete opposite to what was agreed upon within their relationships. Why do people push boundaries is it a maturity thing is it that they like to see their partner arc up like i don't know it's very generalizing here but what do you well, think? well i thought it was interesting so that part yeah about when you say about um like couples actually pushing boundaries i mean it's interesting because mm. i mean in the past i worked a lot with um, young people in children's homes and that mm. yeah typically it's a very young person thing growing up pushing boundaries and then they get grounded into a sense of safety and knowing what they can and can't do but but i feel yeah in a in a relationship context, I will feel, well, the idea, like, to me, the idea of pushing boundaries, it, it is a bit of a, a dips coming from a level of a disempowered communication. And Hey, maybe, maybe I'm missing something. I, I'm not sure. But mm. I feel this sort of mm. dialogue of, okay, let's say it's someone going to, to the pub and, you know, one of them, one of them said, oh, well, I'd really rather you didn't go. And there's an agreement. Well, Either that's the end, or or it's not. And it, and if and if it isn't the end, then where's the pushback? Well, you know, I actually I do like having a couple. I don't want to just come back at eleven o'clock every day. Like sometimes I do really like to meet my friend, whoever. And so I'm not I'm not happy with this. So so I feel there's a thing lacking there. If we say like that, um, you know, going back to that structure of the just the constant connection and the honesty and the vulnerability for this to come out and hey, if it has to turn into some sort of argument, well. Yeah, maybe it's it's that path. But to me, the pushing boundaries, it seems like there's there's stuff, yeah, there's stuff that unsaid, which is like being acted out, which uh yeah, doesn't sound so great. It's like a disconnect within the mm. relationship, isn't it? And don't get me wrong, I mean, I've had many a time in my day where, you know, I've said, oh, I'll probably be home by about twelve and I'm not. And then but the first thing I'll do is I'll text. I'll say, Oh, hey, having a great time. Likely to stay for an extra hour or so. I'll text you on my way home, just also from a safety course, perspective, yeah, yeah. so that, you know, your partner's not worried. Um, and similarly vice versa with my husband to me. So but um I guess, you know, and that's where that maturity and that really wanting to like considering the other person person, um, you know, really steps in, right? And I think when you're not necessarily doing that, um, yeah, you, there might be a bit more of a disconnect and, as you said, an opportunity to be a bit more vulnerable. <laughs> I mean, I know people 
who have ups and downs within their relationships and they've sort of said it's just easier to be agreeable. So you know what, okay, I'll be home by 12. Yeah, yeah, I'll be home by 12, whatever. And then they'll go off and they won't be home by 12, but they're resentful because it's like, don't you tell me what to do. But ultimately, they could have had the opportunity. They just couldn't be bothered. But they had the opportunity to also voice their opinion and be vulnerable in that moment. And and some people choose not to be for whatever reason, hence disconnect. I don't know. Do oh, you well, see definitely. that too? I mean, what you said there, we're just, just clicking a lot, ticking a lot of different boxes mm. that typically come up in individual mm. and couples discussion i mean you're saying there's someone mm-hmm. just choosing to be agreeable so it's like well there we could say someone's going to be a bit into child you're avoiding the honest conversation that you're not happy with mm-hmm. the discussion and yes. the boundary set it's almost like you're letting the other person temporarily be almost parent and you going into trial you're being like yes role play, but then you're acting out anyway so it's that annoyance so then you're being kind of disrespectful back so so we would say it's that flip that they're going into trial but then they're flipping that with them being disrespectful because they're staying out when this was the actual agreement so uh, yeah i mm. think that's just a sad disconnect and i think the um i mean it seems to me in that in that case you said i mean it's the uh, i mean maybe the, this person who wants to go out and have a few extra drinks or whatever i mean maybe they don't like the way they were being spoken to or whatever but it, it mm. seems to me they're the ones doing the kind of the acting out because they presumably mm. they're both adults and they can feel empowered in themselves to, to bring that there they're not happy with disagreement they don't want yeah. to continue like this so yeah yeah absolutely um if we come full circle on this particular caller because it's it is a really hard yeah. one i mean do I tell my partner, you know, that I'm unnerved about this particular event that's coming up and that I don't want him to go? So, I mean, if we're trying to sort of come full circle on on this sort of example, I mean, what I'm hearing is communication is the best thing, coming at it from the vulnerable angle, coming at it as to why you feel insecure, um, you know, waiting to see what that response looks like. Maybe mentioning, I don't know, this is, you know, I'd be curious to hear what you thought as well, Phil, but maybe saying like, yeah, ideally I'd love it if you didn't go, like saying it like a soft way. But I guess that, you know, that's your call, but this is kind of where I'm coming from. And, you know, like, and if, you you know, and if they he definitely wants to go, okay, well, can we put a few things in place that would make me feel a little bit more comfortable about, you know, this decision that we've made as a couple? So, you know, uh, like, is that the approach yeah, that you would be going look, You know, as, as I hear this, I don't want to seem like a, a kind of, you know, copping out of the question, but I can tell the lady with yeah. total respect is, is coming at you um, or um, from a, an advice which is to- totally fine and, and, and to be respected. Mm. But but I think this the answer will come from her. And, you know, like we said about just this open, the, the honest communication, that, that exploration, like, within herself about why it's so, so, so triggering. And then it's mm. going to be a dance between yeah. that and the communication with, with the partner. And, and what I'd emphasise yes. on both their parts, I think ev- everyone has their, their nose. And look, that's got to come out somewhere right now with this lady we don't know exactly well is it something just purely about this is something about a trust or about certain beliefs we're not we're not social but everyone can ultimately come to a sense of their nose which is really really important and also i I work up just just a word integrity like the idea of of um of wholeness and when people are having again this adult to adult conversation you know we're presuming here people aren't just going off and yeah, which we're trying to communicate in this way, it, it should come to some sort of conclusion. And look, you know, I mean, because he may have a thing of, you know, just just with respect to him. Well, look, it's my it's my best friend's 
supportive. Like I'm just, mm. I'm going, like I can't not go. Um, and that, mm. you know, we, we don't know his space yet. He will have some sort of truth in his nose there. And then what are, um, you know, the respective ladies who came in and is there a respective like investment from, from both of them in terms of where the relationship's mm. going and how okay or not this, uh, this event is? Yeah, for sure. And I actually, as you were talking, I think, um, you know, we are the Parenthood Podcast, so a lot of our listeners are parents. And I just wonder if there's an underlying, I don't know, do people's beliefs change also when they become parents? I mean, I, you know, if my husband wanted to go to a strip club prior to kids versus now, I think I'd probably feel the same way. But I know a lot of people would go, well, hold on. Like, you know, I'm here with the kid, kids. You're like all grown up now. Mm. Like, why do you have to go and attend those things? That's even more annoying to me than now that I'm a parent. Uh, I, you yeah. know, yeah. What's your take yeah. on that? What do you oh, think? No, I find, well, I find that an interesting question. I mean, I've certainly never mm. come across or... Um, you know, either read about like a real, like a generalization. You know, I've never read a thing like, oh, you know, typically in parenthood, then this happens as more of a problem. But I know being, um, <laughs> you know, in a, I'm in a, in a repartner family myself. But I, I mean, I guess it's it's a because having children will hey, it's a life event. It's a life event that changes us and change certain views. And and I think just going back to the original thing, like everyone has again their own respective archaeology. So for someone, I guess like yourself or you know, hey, maybe this could be an extra triggering thing, you know, this idea of, mm. and maybe this could be part of the story, you know, like, well, look, now we've got the, the kids talk after and you're doing that, which seems pretty teenagerish or or whatever, and maybe it wasn't a problem when we were both 20, but, yeah, now I, I don't, I, I find that a bit, yeah, a bit more irresponsible. So I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't have any particular generalizations there, but I think it's a yeah. fair part of someone's story that something about being parent and, being a parent, like, yeah, just naturally would alter meanings of different events. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, I've seen it, I guess, with, um, you know, um, you know, people who have, uh, you know, for example, just collectively, like, um, drink a lot less in the parent because they have. So, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? So things just change a lot, becoming what we could say, stereotypically more responsible. So I wonder this could yeah. be something that pops into that basket, maybe? Yeah, yeah, potentially. I think, yeah, fundamentally, as you said, it comes down to your belief structure, it comes down to your history and all of that, but you can certainly use good communication and, and you know, use that little bit of vulnerability to sort of get your point across and, and you know, yeah, this is life, right? Like we're never always going to agree with our partners with what they're doing and, you know, that's what also keeps you in business yeah, yeah, and a lot of yeah, other of course, people yeah, yeah. who are relationship coaches, I think, you know, that that's, you know, we need the support in our relationship. And certainly, you know, when we add children to the mix, it adds an extra layer of stress within those relationships too. So, look, to that person who called in, um, look, thank you for reaching out. I think that's, yeah, really, really great and and good um, conversation that I think a lot of people will probably mull over in their own mm-hmm. lives. Um, Phil, any sort of last words regarding this particular caller's um, No, nothing last. And, I, and I, I'd just like to almost... Give, give it a, a, a semi-apologetic. And I could tell it was so innocently coming from an advice perspective. And part of me wish I could say, okay, just do this and this and that'll sort it. But but I think it would it would take away our respective callers' empowerment. I think it's a, a real thing of just looking, um, you know, a look, looking within and exploring what it does. And then the yeah, the communication with uh, with your partner coming out. I, I was wondering because they said about the other other um, um, friends of like the guys 
um, you know, respective partners. I, I did wonder if there could be a sense of this just exploration there in terms of, um, you know, not just having, I mean, obviously we'll have to have a, a counselling session to discuss or through or something, but, you know, just for, you know, that sort of sharing of, oh, this is a real problem to me. Uh, I heard you don't, you don't really have a problem with it. What's, do you know what I mean? And just that mulling over vulnerable sort of stories of like, oh, well, you know, I trust my yes. guy. I don't think it's anything really. And, and just for something to maybe emerge from that space, I think could be. Yeah, I think that's such a good one, isn't it? Just speaking to friends who might be in similar positions and getting their point of view and that could change, you know, how you feel. The other thing is if you are feeling a disconnect, certainly reach out to the experts like yourself and others who are there to support us, you know, because, you know, there's absolutely no shame in getting extra support. I certainly have uh, have definitely tapped into that extra support just throughout my life from time to time. Um, yeah, it's always good to sort of, yeah, use, use the resources that are around us. Uh, Phil, I'd like you to tell our audience a little bit more about how they can find out more about yourself and your work. Oh, yeah, well, just to contact me, my, my website's the best hub, so to speak. So that's just newbeginningstherapy.co.nz. So that's my main site. And then there it goes to well, my Instagram link and LinkedIn and uh, Facebook business. And um, yeah, I just do counselling and I'm a qualified counsellor and, and coach now. So counselling is very looking to the historical, the you know, distress and pain of the past and coachings about trying to move to the, the next level. So uh yeah, so, yeah, I see people all on Zoom now for individual sessions. I do packages of five or ten. And, uh, yeah, so just good to, you know, really work on something, either some inner distress or just try and move to the next phase of life. So feel free to reach yeah, out. Yeah, I love that. I will pop those details in the episode notes. Thank you so yeah. much again, Phil, for Thank your you. time. You. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and share it with your friends. Want to contribute to the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at Parenthood Pod and join our Facebook group. Until next time. Thanks for listening. The Parenthood Podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we produce on, the land of the Wurundjeri people. We pay respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging.